Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much prospered as no other people on earth it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get started on a Wednesday, the 11th morning of the last month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Coming up on the program, we got a very, very good program for you. At 1010, I'm really looking forward to catching up with Chris Long. Pastor Chris Long sent out a memo yesterday, uh, which I'm always happy to receive from the Ohio Christian Alliance. I'm on their uh, mailing list. Uh, with some coverage that they got for the great work that they are doing in defending religious freedom. Uh, so Pastor Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance will be joining us to talk about that. Uh, Channel 19 WOIO covered their press conference in front of the Medina County Board of Elections as they fight to uh, make sure that uh, the people have a say and whether or not religious freedom is protected and moreover to make sure that women are protected, to make sure that girls are protected as uh, the city of Medina tries to uh, push forward or push through um, the um, uh, bathroom, ridiculous bathroom laws, the bathroom equality laws, etc., allowing men to use women's locker room showers and other facilities and so on and so forth. So uh, they had a... Um, uh, they had a press conference yesterday, and we're going to catch up with Chris on that. Looking forward to that conversation. But coming up this hour at 948, we'll make up for what we missed on uh, Monday, which is Congressman Jim Jordan, who has got all kinds of thoughts that he wants to share with us about the articles of impeachment introduced yesterday, obstruction of justice, uh, not justice, beg your pardon, obstruction of Congress is what they have accused the president of, obstruction of Congress and 
uh, abuse of uh, his presidential authority. So we're going to talk about all of that with Jim Jordan. We'll talk about some of that with uh, Chris Long, and we'll talk about all of it with you as well. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. You dial when you are ready to be heard. By the way, I will have five hours to discuss these types of things with you today because uh, coming up at noon, Dennis Prager will be off, and I will be on, so I'll be hosting Dennis's show. We'll have a break between uh, uh, 11 and noon, at which time we can all sit down and listen to Mike Gallagher and get his thoughts on all of these things. But I will be in for Prager today, so make sure you um, kind of pace yourself and balance out your time. There's a lot of stuff that we are going to discuss with one another, and I'm looking forward to doing that. By the way, also, side note, this just kind of broke this morning, Time Magazine has it's kind of funny because they they do this at around the same time of course every year uh just two days ago i went to twitter and facebook and pointed out how glad i was and remain that i um that i uh uh, never, or I ended my subscription. Canceled is the word I was looking for. My canceled my subscription to Sports Illustrated uh, several years ago, and the reason why I'm happy about that now is because I know they're not getting a nickel of mine to promote people like U.S. soccer star and America hater uh, Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino, the soccer player who was uh, the key, the key figure, one of the key figures in uh, slamming the president of the United States, lying about the country, and so on and so forth, refusing to stand for the flag. She's representing the United States of America on her chest, on her uniform, and she uh, kneels during the national anthem, et cetera, et cetera. Megan Rapino was just named the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. And yeah, I might just go ahead and keep calling it Sportsman of the Year because um, a Sports Person of the Year just sounds ridiculous. Sportsman does not uh, does not require uh, a certain gender or a certain sex. It's just a term. It's kind of who did I have on? I had a chair, uh, the chair of some organization or another on. She was female, and I I fumbled around it and I said chairwoman, chairperson. She said no, it's just chairman. It's fine. I agree. It is chairman, and uh, I agree it is Sportsman of the Year. And so Megan Rapino gets the sports uh, Sportsman of the Year award from Sports Illustrated for all of her wokeness, essentially. And then here comes Time Magazine this morning, two days later. Time Magazine, the Person of the Year is Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, the, uh, yeah, 16, I gotta be careful how I describe her, the 16 year old climate activist, uh, who has been used and abused in my mind psychologically by her parents and other adults so that they could trot her out onto the world stage to, uh, be their voice. Cause who will pick on a kid, right? Who will disagree with a kid, especially a kid with Asperger's? So they got a kid who's on the spectrum. Uh, a minor, and if we send her out there telling the world and telling the United States that they have to uh, stop using, I don't know, technology, virtually all forms of advanced technology that relies upon fossil fuels and more, if we send her out there to tell the United States and uh, the rest of the world to stop it, but particularly the United States, well, then uh, they can't say anything. If they come back against her, we'll just accuse them of being bitter, mean-spirited, anti-child, and anti-climate, and anti-planet uh, white men. Because they, And that's what they did. 
if we send her out there, uh, they'll they'll be too afraid to to uh, excuse me to uh, discredit her because then they w- we will accuse them of bullying, and that's exactly what they did. Remember when she went to the United Nations and put on her "How dare you" display? Uh, yeah, people who criticized that, people who pushed back against that, pointed out the obvious fallacies in her argument and uh, the points that she was making. We were all accused of being mean-spirited, bullying, grown men, picking on a 16-year-old girl uh, who's on the autism spectrum with Asperger's. Uh, of course, it's insane. It is ridiculous to think we are criticizing her for being 16 or for being a girl or certainly that we would ever criticize anybody for their their condition. If they're on the spectrum or have any other uh, challenges that many have, it's ridiculous to even suggest. But that's what the game they played was. And my response to that was, if you're going to go before the United Nations and play adult games, you're going to have to deal with adult critiques. We're not going to give you a little golf clap because look at that girl. She's in, she's involved. She's invested. Look at good. No, we're going to, if you're going to tell us that we are ruining your future, if you're going to tell us that we have crushed your future, and that's why you don't even want to go to school anymore because the planet's going to be dead in a decade, if you're going to play those adult games, guess what, sweetheart? We are going to respond in adult ways, and that's going to be with big boy criticism or big girl criticism, and you are going to have to deal with that. So uh, she's the Time Magazine Person of the Year, and as you can imagine, uh, the social media response is quick, and it is swift, and... Uh, to say that the left is taking a victory lap with this is an understatement. They are applauding her. They are, I mean, honestly, it's a little scary. The type of hero worship that this 16 year old girl gets for screaming at the world population that we, well, not really the world population, screaming at the leaders of the world, particularly the United States. Uh, that uh, we have destroyed her future and there's no reason to go to school anymore because everything is going to be gone in a, in a decade because we didn't do enough uh, to to stop this from happening. It's, uh, it, it's a little frightening that people kind of hear or worship her and that people kind of uh, take others to task for challenging her. But that's where we sit. So she is the person of the year. Responses are coming in uh, from the victory lap side and from those reminding everybody she's nuts. Okay. And that's not a technical term. It's not a psychiatric term or a psychological term. And I'm just a layman. I'm not a doctor of any kind whatsoever. But she's nuts. Either that or she has just been uh, indoctrinated with the messages it put into her head by her parents and others. And she is her, the uh, not-so-eloquent spokesperson for it, quite frankly. So either she's nuts or those adults around her are who are using her, and I think that's what it is, using her in such a way. The world is not ending in 10 years. Uh, we have not destroyed her future and the future of, for her children and so on and so forth. Um, the natural cycle of the planet is continuing the way it always has for millions and millions and millions of years. So let's just keep that in mind. All right, so uh, that's a little bit of the the top of the news um, uh, uh, info for you. I want to get to the impeachment issues from yesterday. I want to get to the uh, continuing reaction to the Inspector General's report from Monday. Uh, all of that coming up. i got a lot of audio we're going to share with you. And, of course, I welcome your phone calls and your thoughts on all of these things at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Back after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. 
All right, 921. Now, the Bob Branch Authority continuing on this Wednesday. Appreciate you being with us. The articles of impeachment are going to be discussed and debated in the uh, Judiciary Committee today. And, of course, they are going to have a full House vote, according to Nancy Pelosi, to send this to the Senate for trial before Christmas, so probably next week. But before Christmas is the plan. And all of this, of course, an ongoing effort to stage a coup d'etat against the President of the United States. Make no mistake about that. Do not try to sell it as anything less than that. And how do we know it? Because it started before the alleged impropriety or the alleged high crimes and misdemeanors took place on July 25th of this year, when they have been trying to remove the president since January of 2017 at the latest, more likely November 8th of 2016, the night he was elected. And as we know from the FBI corrupt, uh, uh, the corrupt FBI messages, this plan was in place before the election even took place. When those things are happening then you know it's a coup. This is not a response to an action by a president. This is a coup d'etat. So that takes us back now to the Inspector General's report. How and why did the FBI start this campaign uh, to spy on not one, not two, not three, but four different Trump campaign uh, officials or members uh, as a part of their investigation into potential Russia Russian collusion in the uh, uh, in the election or Russian meddling in the election rather and whether or not the Trump team was uh, was a part of that and of course this takes us back to the Steele dossier the Steele dossier which the inspector general's report we spoke at length about this yesterday the Steele dossier was the central piece of evidence presented to the FISA court to get a warrant to spy on Team Trump. And the Steele dossier, the FBI knew, was non-credible. They withheld exculpatory evidence that would cast doubt on the credibility of Christopher Steele, who wrote the dossier, Fusion GPS, uh, the DNC who paid for it, and all the rest. They kept all of the partisan nature of Steele and his reporting or by way of this dossier, they kept that away from the FISA court. And since that time, the president and many of the president's team have called this what it was, electronic surveillance of the Trump team without any just cause is spying. It's spying on the pre- well, the, then the candidate, and um, uh, spying on uh, uh, his, his uh, campaign associates. Bill Bars, the Attorney General of the United States, he has been roundly condemned and criticized by the left for suggesting that this was spying and not legitimate FBI surveillance because they had a just cause to believe that crimes were being committed. He has said, no, this was spying. Yesterday on NBC, after Attorney General Barr issued his statement disagreeing with the Inspector General's report, which said that they did not find political bias in the actions of the FBI in going to the FISA court and obtaining this warrant. He has said this was clearly spying. Pete Williams of NBC said, do you still stand by that? Do you still stand by your statement that, that, that the campaign was spied upon? Oh, it's clearly spied upon. I mean, that's what electronic surveillance is. I think wiring people up to go in and talk to people and make recordings of their conversations is spying. I think going through people's emails, which they did as a result of the FISA warrant, they went through everything. Mm. <laughs> I, it, it's... So that's uh, th- that was uh, 
uh, Attorney General William Barr on NBC saying, of course this was spying. It's the textbook definition of spying. And as such, what does it mean in the big picture? It, 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 what it really means is that no one is safe from a corrupt government. No one is safe from a corrupt government. And the government, as it was being run by Barack Obama, uh, with leadership in the FBI, marching to the beat of his drum, making these uh, uh, decisions to surveil private American citizens because of the cam- cam- campaign they're working on, should be somewhat, I don't know, terrifying to everyday average Americans. If they can get a warrant based on false information to spy on the Trump team, they can spy on anybody, and they can make anybody's life a living hell. And that's why Molly Hemingway of The Federalist said on Fox, this is literally the greatest scandal of our current generation. It feels like Attorney General William Barr is one of only very few adults who are in Washington, D.C. I think that he laid out a case in multiple interviews today looking at the actual facts in this Inspector General report, looking at the dozens upon dozens of errors that all happen to be in the same direction, harmful to the Trump campaign, uh, and he is talking about this in such a systematic way. This isn't just about the, frankly, pretty narrow thing that the Inspector General looked at, the violation of civil for Carter Page and other things attendant with the surveillance of the Trump campaign, really about a whole scheme of operations. One of the most interesting things in this Inspector General report is that the FBI and Department of Justice knew by January 2017 that the dossier was complete rubbish, complete unadulterated rubbish. We learned this yesterday. For three years, these departments leaked out information, making it seem like they were taking it seriously. They started a special counsel probe. They in, they continue to get warrants to spy on Trump campaign affiliates. This is a scandal, the greatest scandal of this generation. And whether people want to wipe it away or not, this is something serious that needs to be point, done. Uh, one of the greatest scandal of this generation. She is 100% spot on. It is exactly that. This was and and continues to be a soft coup to remove a duly elected president. They started the coup before he was duly elected and then picked up speed when he was elected. And as you may have heard at the end of Hugh Hewitt's show today, he was playing audio pointing out the very true uh, facts that um, these renewals had to come every 90 days to continue the wiretapping. The information was false the first time they presented it, but they continued to sign off on it multiple times. James Comey primarily signing off on the continued spying of uh, Donald Trump, first his campaign, then his transition team, and then his actual administration. Signed off on it knowing, knowing that the dossier that was used to get the original warrant was bogus that it was false, that it was filled with, with, with misinformation. And yet they continued to do it anyway. How is there, how could there be a bigger or worse, if you will, scandal in, in American politics than literally having someone gather a bunch of bogus information on behalf of a political candidate, Hillary Clinton, paid for by the Clinton campaign and the DNC, all to try to spy on and thus stop her political opponent, which was Donald Trump, from winning the White House. And then continuing 
to use that very bogus information as the basis for getting another renewal 90 days later, getting another renewal 90 days after that, all the way into uh, the president taking over the actual Oval Office on January 20th of 2017. How can there be a bigger scandal than that? And how can the left continue to condemn Donald Trump for allegedly using foreign sources to try to um, weaken a political rival, which is what they're impeaching him for, without acknowledging that Hillary Clinton and the DNC literally, literally used foreign sources, in this case, a former British spy who used Russian disinformation to compile this dossier in order to weaken her political rival. She invited foreign influence in the election. How come it's okay for the left and it's impeachable for the right? It's 9.30. We'll get news. I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945 next on M1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. Thanks for joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Congressman Jim Jordan, will be by in about uh, we'll call it 13, thirteen minutes. Yeah, about nine forty-eight. We uh, talked to Congressman Jordan. He's normally on on Mondays. He was, of course, in an impeachment hearing on Monday. He will be with us to update us on where that is, as well as, of course, his his uh, thoughts on the Inspector General's report, Michael Horowitz finding. All kinds of problems with the FBI, uh, laying out just at least 17 different errors and omissions from the FBI in their uh, attempts to uh, spy on Donald Trump and his campaign team, but saying it was not politically motivated. There was no political bias. Unbelievable. Now, uh, having said that, I want to get to this, too. Yesterday, other big news that we'll also ask Congressman Jordan about. The USMCA is now one step closer to being passed and signed. The House Democrats yesterday finally got off of their rear ends. Nancy Pelosi, who had been scuttling the passage of something that she knew was going to pass because it had bipartisan support, the new, uh, the new, um, uh, North America uh, trade agreement between the United States, Canada, and Mexico, the USMCA, uh, was is clearly going to be a huge improvement over what NAFTA was. It's going to help our workers. It's going to help our farmers. It's going to help everybody. And they sat on it because they did not want Donald Trump getting a win. They did not want Donald Trump having a big signing ceremony saying, look what I shepherded through the Congress in order to get signed on behalf of American workers. They couldn't, they couldn't stand the optics of that. So here we are. On December 10th, yesterday, Nancy Pelosi announcing that they are voting on it. It is passed and in the, uh, in the House. And she wants to explain why it was done now. Why would they give President Trump this win right after impeaching him? And if you think that the timing is just a coincidence, then uh, you're 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 living a fool's feel fool's life. I mean, honestly, pay attention here. The reason she decided now to move this forward is because not that it's a win for the president, because it gives some political cover to the dozens of Democrats who are going to be voted out of office for voting to impeach the president while ignoring matters important to the country. Dozens of Democrats in either Trump-won districts or in districts that were purple 
and it's kind of mixed with a lot of moderate voters, they know that these Democrats in Congress are going to be voted out for voting for this scam of an impeachment or this sham of an impeachment. Pick your word, it's fine. Unless they give them something to say, yeah, but look what else I voted for. I voted to uh, help uh, American workers. I voted to improve trade between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. I voted to help our, our manufacturers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's clearly motivated here by political gain for Nancy Pelosi, but yet she is taking a victory lap. She is taking a victory lap and saying, by the way, this still won't be a, a win for the president because it was our doing anyway. For, uh, Good morning, we, everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. This okay. is a day Speaker we've Pelosi. all been working to uh, and working for on the path to yes. Uh, we were in range for a while. Uh, but until we could cross a certain threshold of enforcement for our workers' rights, for environment, and for the prescription drug issue, as you know, they were three of the areas uh, that we had put out there. I want to thank our chairman, Richie Neal, chair of the, the Ways and Means Committee, the eight members of the task force, whom I will acknowledge momentarily by thanking them uh, for their leadership in negotiating on different segments uh, of the legislation. I also want to thank uh, Richard Trumpka, the president of the AFL-CIO. Uh, he was persistent, dissatisfied, uh, knowledgeable. He, he really got us to a place which is a far distance from where we started with the proposal that was given to us. There is no question, of course, that this uh, uh, trade agreement is much better than NAFTA. But in terms of our work here, it is infinitely better than what was initially a pope, a proposed by the administration. Did you hear that? She is literally trying to take credit for for the USMCA being passed. She is being trying to take credit for it being written. She is trying to take credit for the work that it, the good that it's going to do for workers in the United States. She sat on it and scuttled it for eight solid months how much money did she cost american companies and american workers in the eight months that she sat on this while her party played impeachment games and now she's going to say we got it done because we improved it we improved it so much over the way that it was originally brought to us by the administration you had nothing nothing nancy pelosi This baby belongs, the USMCA, to President Trump. It had bipartisan support when you got it, and you sat on it for eight months because you knew you could not give Donald Trump credit for this. So you waited until he was impeached, or at least the articles of impeachment were presented, and now in order to give your members, who are in very precarious legal jeopardy, in their in their home districts when it comes for re-election in 2020 to provide them with some political cover because you know what the polls show you know what the american people are saying that this congress with a with an approval rating of nine percent let me emphasize that nine percent 
is being referred to as the worst do-nothing Congress in the history of the American legislature, in the history of America. This Congress got nothing done because it spent all of its time on impeachment. So this was your way to give them some sort of, of, uh, of a victory, if you will, or some sort of an accomplishment to take back to the voters in their districts. To be able to say, look, we did this. Aren't I great? This could have been done and much, much more over the last eight months that Nancy Pelosi has sat on it and scuttled this. It is an embarrassment what she did, what they did, and now they're actually trying to suggest that this was their doing. It's not a coincidence. It's just as we get to the end of a session. Uh, Hold on. No, it's not a coincidence. It's just as we get to the end of a session. Uh, There have to be some decisions made. Uh, The timetable for impeachment is the timetable of the committees, and that came to an end uh, with the hearing yesterday. But for us... This has been, we didn't know what day it would be, but the, the uh, trade representative, uh, Master Lighthouser, who was quite um, remarkable to work with, he, he shared our values. He understood why we could not accept the Trump administration product. And he's, he wanted to get this signed by the Mexicans and the Canadians. When you- I still can't figure out if she is stroking out or if she is drunk or if she just cannot keep her dentures in her mouth. I mean, I can't understand a word that she's saying most of the time. Hello, I am Madam Speaker. She's either sloshed or she can't keep her dentures tight or she's stroking out on live television. But that's how it is every time she speaks anymore. But the chutzpah of the Democrats to proclaim victory and to proclaim to take credit for the passage of the USMCA that they scuttled from the beginning is just um, it's just the height of Democrat hypocrisy. But it's why Democrat is only one letter away from demon rat. And that's exactly what they are. Jim Jordan, congressman from Ohio's 4th Congressional District, will be joining us right here next on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM, it's the Bob France Authority. Nine forty-eight. As we continue on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Congressman Jim Jordan going to be joining us here in just a moment or two. So we will uh, make that connection as quickly as we can. Meantime, want to listen once again. Congressman Jordan tweeted this out because he felt it was very valuable as well as I did. Uh, Bill Barr, the Attorney General of the United States. Uh, talking about what led to the uh, uh, investigation, the two-year investigation by Bob Mueller uh, of uh, Donald Trump and his campaign. It all started with the dossier, which uh, was paid for by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign to spy, to have our federal government spy on not one, not two, not three, but four different uh, U.S. citizens who were working. So far, is it still, do you still stand by your statement that, that, that the campaign was spied upon? 
Oh, it's clearly spied upon. I mean, that's what electronic surveillance is. I think wiring people up to go in and talk to people and make recordings of their conversations is spying. I think going through people's emails, which they did as a result of the FISA warrant, they went through everything, you know, from, from Page's life. Because uh, he wasn't in the campaign at the point where no, he began but, the surveillance. Yes, but his emails were go back. I mean, the main reason they were going for the FISA warrant initially was to go back historically and seize all his emails and texts and all that stuff from back months and even years. So they were covering the period that he was in the campaign, and that's exactly the reason they went for the FISA to get that stuff. That's Attorney General Bill Barr talking about legitimate spying on private citizens working on a presidential campaign. Joining us now for reaction to the IG report and the articles of impeachment is Congressman Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Oversight Committee, member of the Judiciary, and for now, still the Intelligence Committee. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Good to talk to you as well. Just out of curiosity, how long is your assignment to the Intel Committee? Are you still there, or was that only for the uh, purposes that, no. that you serve? No, well, I'm still there, but it, it, it will probably won't be much longer. Okay. Uh, we're, we're there until the impeachment um, process uh, leaves the leaves the House, and so we're we're still in the middle of that, and we've got a big okay. hearing that starts tonight and continues into tomorrow. So, but how um, about I, Bill Barr's interview? By the way, was that did, did he just lay it out? I was I was so glad to hear you playing that extra because. I mean, that one word, when he says that, that they spy, that just sets the left off. But it's the truth, and they spied on everything we said, Bob, over the last couple of years. It turned out to be true. The only thing we got wrong was it was worse than we thought. It was worse yeah. than we thought. Yeah, because instead of two p- people being spied upon, it was four the IG uh, uh, yeah. uh, discovered. Yeah, and we learned that there were 51 mistakes as they were preparing for to, to, to take the, uh, the the application to the FISA court. And when they went to the court, we learned they lied to them not a, not a handful of times, as we've been talking about. They lied to them 17 times. And by January, they knew that this case had nothing. So even if you accept Horowitz's premise that that uh, and, and conclusion that they could have they could have opened the case, which I don't agree with. I'm with I'm with German Bar on that. But even if you do accept it, by January they should have stopped it because they had nothing except exculpatory evidence and information. They should have stopped it, but they continued it. And by continuing, it, this is what makes me so mad. By continuing it, that's what laid the the, the foundation for Bob Mueller to put our country through the two years of, of baloney he put us through and the $35 million and everything else that went through it, that's what laid the foundation for that. And it never should have happened. That's a very good point, uh, obviously. Um, it, it had to be renewed, what, three times? Three times James yeah. Comey had to put his signature on renewing this, saying, yep, we still have evidence or we've got new evidence that, that warrants uh, a continuation of this, uh, this surveillance for another, th- for another 90 days. Three, and they, it, it, was, it was a lie from day one. They knew that the yep. information contained yep. in the dossier, which was used to get that warrant, they knew that it was bogus. They knew that it was just filled with so much tripe uh, and, and nothing of factual substance, and yet they got three different renewals of that in order to to continue that and and so what i want to know from you congressman and i'm sure you probably want to know as well is how the inspector general despite the multitude of text messages indicating political bias by leaders in the fbi how could he eventually conclude in his report that despite all of these you know uh things that they did wrong that it wasn't politically motivated yeah, it, it, it's tough to see that. And, and look, well, let's commend Mr. Horowitz for all the good facts that he brought to, 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 you know, to bear and, and, and we get to see, brought to, to light for the American people. But I agree with you. I don't know how he got that conclusion. It, it's pretty much based on the – Bill Barr talked about this in his interview yesterday. If people say, well, yeah, but you know, we thought this was right, we didn't know – 
and he's, everyone sort of gets the benefit of the doubt on the front end, but then he goes through all the facts and all the mistakes that were made and all the lies that were taken to the court and points those out. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's kind of what happens a lot of times with these inspector general reports is you get all those good facts, but the conclusion never seems to match the facts that are in front of us. Kind of like what Comey did. Kind of like what Comey did back in July of 2016 when he's laid out all the bad facts about Clinton, but says, "Oh yeah, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna." We're that's exactly that's the same analogy I made on yesterday's show. I, that, when I when yeah. I read when I read the, the Horowitz uh, uh, report, the Inspector General's report, and the coverage of it, I said, "Oh my gosh, I feel like it's deja vu." It's exactly what Comey did. Spent 20 minutes before the American people on television telling everybody the crimes that Hillary Clinton committed, and then said, "By the way, we're not charging her." That's exactly yeah. what this report was. It was 400 plus pages yeah. of crimes and. And, and and errors and omissions and intentional misleading intentionally misleading of a court a fi- the FISA court and oh by the way we're not charging anybody this is what the American people get tired of uh, and I know yeah, we're all we pointing are. to Durham now hoping that maybe that's when the indictments come down and that's when we start seeing uh, you know the handcuffs being broken out but I don't know when that's happening do you I don't Barr it seemed to, uh, the Attorney General seemed to indicate that that late spring early summer uh, as a, as a rough uh, timeline. Uh, but I do think it's significant that both the Attorney General and U.S. Attorney Durham, who, are, who was doing the investigation, that they both put out a statement, um, and especially the statement put out by, the, by Mr. Durham. Yeah. I mean, that is very unusual. And it was a strong statement. He said, look, I'm looking at more of it. Uh, he's looking at the intelligence community, not just the FBI and DOJ, as Ms. Corwitz did. And his statement was strong, saying, I do not agree with the idea that this was proper predication to open the investigation, as Mr. Horowitz concluded. Um, that is significant. Now, whether that means that Jim Comey or Andy McCabe or some other people are going to be indicted and there's going to be prosecutions, I don't, I don't know. But I, I take that as a good sign. Um, and everything Bill Barr has said um, and the interview he did yesterday, I take as a good sign as well. Congressman Jim Jordan is our guest. We're talking about the Inspector General's report. Long awaited, came out uh, on Monday with uh, some good and some bad. Let's go to the articles of impeachment now. So they tried to sell the American people that Donald Trump was guilty of a quid pro quo uh, pressure of Ukraine. That failed. So they said, no, it's extortion. Okay, that didn't work. All right, it's bribery. Well, they can't prove bribery either, so they just went ahead and introduced an article of impeachment called Abuse of Power. Is there anything more generalized than anything he did that looked abusive of power? That's what we're going to get rid of him on. I, I cannot believe that we have, we have sunk to this depth. No, I, I agree. Abuse of power, obstruction of Congress. It's, it's like I read it. It's like a five- or six-page thing. You, you read the, the, the resolution, you're like, what? That's, that's it? I mean, it, but that's what happens when the facts aren't on your side, when the facts are on the president's side. Four facts. I've said this. I've said this. I don't know for how long. Four facts have not changed, will not change, will never change. We have the transcript. There's no quid pro quo. We have the two guys on the call who said no link, no pressure, no nothing. We have the fact that Ukraine didn't know aid was held up at the time of the call, didn't learn about it till August 29th. And Politico ran the article. And most importantly, we have the fact that Ukraine did nothing, took no action, never promised to start an investigation, never started an investigation, never made an announcement that they were going to do an investigation in Burisma or the Biden, and yet they got the aid. So those facts, when you don't have any facts, you've got to have some generalized thing. Well, he of power. That is baloney. But that's all they got. And, and Bob, here's the thing I, I started thinking about yesterday. A few years ago, when we, when we did the impeachment of John Koskinen, we laid out the facts. We laid out the facts what, whereas Mr. Costin was there was a preservation order issued and a subpoena for documents, and Mr. Costin said he would deliver those documents, but then after the fact allowed those documents to be destroyed, we laid out the facts. This, this resolution has no facts. It just has these generalized states, statements about abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. That's how weak and, and ridiculous their case is.
Um, Congressman, you and the members of the Freedom Caucus sent a letter to Jerry Nadler yesterday requesting a um, uh, a minority hearing. Can you tell us what that means? Yep. That means we can we can have a hearing where we actually get to call our witness. Remember, throughout this process, we have we, this, there's been no due process. We ha- we didn't have subpoena power. We couldn't call our witnesses for depositions. We couldn't call our witnesses for the open hearings. When the witnesses that Adam Schiff called, when we were in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol, and we asked them questions, Adam Schiff prevented the witnesses from answering questions from Republicans. He told <laughs> the, the, the witness counsel, don't answer those questions. Now, Democrats got all their questions answered, but Republicans couldn't. So what we're saying is, at least before you move forward this, Give us the, what we're entitled to under House rules is a minority day hearing, one hearing where we get to call our witnesses. And they're, of course, they're not going to do that. They're going to, they're going to schedule that hearing probably on, on December 20th, 2020, you know, sometime before this Congress closes, right before Christmas next year is when they'll give us that hearing, which is just again shows how ridiculous this process has been and how unfair it's been. Uh, speaking of unfairness, Congressman Jordan, um, from what I understand, ye- late yesterday afternoon, just before 5 o'clock, uh, the Democrats announced that you and the Republicans on the committee, uh, Judiciary Committee, must submit amendments to their impeachment articles by 7 p.m. So they gave you roughly two hours to submit amendments yeah. to what they have spent the last, well, yeah. I can say officially three months of impeachment inquiries, but literally yeah. the last three years working toward. You have two hours to respond. Yeah. No, I look, there have been so many violations of any type of fairness, any type of due process. I even forgot the most recent one that you just pointed out. Exactly. I think we had two hours and 16 minutes, 14, I don't know, 15 minutes, something that we get the statement that there's going to be a hearing that starts at 7 o'clock tonight. 7 o'clock tonight, so they're going to have 41 speeches. Because I think there's 41 members of the, of the Judiciary Committee. Everyone's going to be given a five-minute opening statement. So there'll be 41 speeches, and they said, now, any amendments that we're going to have for tomorrow when we actually mark up the resolution, you got to have them submitted by last night. It was like, it was ridiculous, but, but, but you know, look. Uh, what 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 can we expect? The Democrats got to pick the referee. The Democrats got to make the rules. The Democrats got to change the rules in the middle of, of the whole process. That's how bad this whole thing has been. Joe Biden says he will not comply if he is called as a witness in the Senate trial when it eventually gets there, and I think we all know that it will. Um, Hunter Biden is going to be called as well. I know that has been discussed already by by Ted Cruz and others, saying that it is extraordinarily important to get the basis for which President Trump asked uh, President Zelensky to look into corruption in the uh, uh, in the, in Ukraine. Um, what do you think is going to happen when we get to the Senate trial? Will the Republicans be able to call and talk to the people that they were not able to do in this process on your side? I think it's going to be a kind of a two-part thing. First, who does the White House counsel, the, the folks who will be defending the president, who do they want as witnesses? They will, they will say, here's who we want to put on the stand as witnesses. And then, in order to get those witnesses, my understanding is there has to be a vote of the Senate, and it takes a simple majority, but it will take 51 senators voting in favor of, here's who we want as witnesses. So that's going to be a call of the United States Senate. Uh, is the whistleblower going to be called in to testify? Will Hunter Biden be called in to testify? That is going to be a decision by the United States Senate. We'll have to just wait and see. That's up to Mitch McConnell and the, and the 51 uh, or 53 Republican senators who they bring in. I would love, and I think the American people would love, to see the whistleblower brought in front. Remember, the whistleblower's complaint, bullet point number one, he says, over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials informed me about this effort. So the whistleblower references half a dozen witnesses. I asked this question the other day in the hearing. I said, I heard our it. lawyer, I said, do we, do we know who those people are? And he says, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know if we've talked to them. We may have. My guess is Colonel Vindman was probably one of them, but we don't know. 
So how can how can you know how, how do you know if you talk to the sources of all the information that formed the basis of this entire ridiculous thing we've been through if you don't get to talk to the whistleblower and say who are those half dozen people? Right? That, how do we know? How do we know they even exist? How do we know he didn't manufacture yeah. this in his mind and say I talked to it's these right people point. who were on the call? I was a I, unless we have to get names, unless we can get actual names and verify this is who they talked to and this is what he was to, uh, what they told him. Then how can we possibly move forward? I mean, it's that should just point. be. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, and, and it's, the idea that we're going to go through this whole process, what they have put our country through, these Democrats, the idea that we're going to go through it and never hear from this individual who put it all in motion is crazy. But we'll have to wait and see what happens in the Senate. And Adam Schiff doesn't know who he is. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, right. Con- right. <laughs> con- yeah, he went directly to Adam Schiff's staff, but the staff didn't tell their boss. Hey, boss, uh, Eric said uh, this. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much for the great work that you're doing, you sir. We'll talk again soon. That's Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get news now. Pastor Chris Long brings us a local story to deal with coming up next.